Before we begin this audio drama, the entire Muspa production team would like to acknowledge and pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land on which our podcast was written and recorded, the land of the Kulin Nations. Muspa pays respect to elders past, present and emerging. We recognise and respect their continuing culture and the contributions they make and have made to the creative arts with their rich storytelling tradition. We ask that our audience seek out these stories when they have finished this podcast. Sovereignty was never ceded and a treaty was never signed. This always has and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, and welcome to Fur on the Forward Line. I'm the family Pearbottom. In our last episode, we looked at the events in Australian history that would lead to Matilda the Kangaroo's first debut fight in a professional setting. But what may have seemed to be at first a novelty match would spark the beginning of something that would change the sporting world forever. In today's episode, we'll examine the boxing match that started it all, discuss Matilda's life and career on the global sporting stage, and analyse the events that would lead to her eventual disappearance. This is episode two, Waltzing Matilda. Robertson and Smith had found their kangaroo, and the Australian National Boxing Federation had found their fighter, Shane. The Federation didn't just want the best boxer they could find. Oh no, that would be a clean fight. They didn't want a clean fight, they wanted to send a message. This is Fred Duddy. Fred was working for the Australian National Boxing Federation when the fight had been proposed. It was their job to find the boxer that would represent the Aussies. They wanted me to find the strongest, scrappiest, most brutal fighter I could. Not just to show that Australia could stand up to the animals, but that they could completely annihilate them. But no, no, we definitely weren't insecure. Many names were thrown around, but one stuck out every time. Shane. Shane was infamous for being one of the most vicious fighters to grace the sport. They called him the beneficiary because his opponents would often have to take out massive life insurance policies before they'd step in the ring with him. Johnson is out cold, but Shane is still into him. The ref's calling for Shane to stop, but he is not letting up. Things aren't too pretty here. But the scariest thing about him was that I don't think he competed for the money or all the acclaim. I just think he loved inflicting pain on others. We got to train and straight away. Matilda was an excellent boxer, but she'd be up against Shane. And he was one tough son of a bitch. She'd have to be at peak boxing ability if she was going to have a chance against him. While Bob Robertson was training Matilda, I was attempting to get her any kind of commercial backing. But, due to the symbolic nature of the fight, no one wanted to sponsor her. 
I even tried garnering support from some animal rights groups, but they had issues with the whole thing for other reasons. As the match grew closer, all eyes fell on Matilda. She was fast, and she was ferocious. Her skill was undeniable, and that made many people worried. (laughs) We got offered a lot of money to throw that match. A lot of money. Ah, I didn't care about the money. Matilda was the best fighter I'd had the pleasure of working with. We weren't going to just throw it all away. Despite the bribes, training continued as normal. Soon enough, the day had arrived. The crowds filed into the bandstands, buzzing with excitement. The fighters entered to great fanfare. Are you ready to go extinct? Get all your talking done now, because you won't be able to when I'm through with you. The bell was rung. The fight began. Keen to broaden your horizons? Searching for a place to call home? Strong swimmer? See where the future of Australia's diplomatic corps ready themselves. Harold Holt University. With exchange programs to Atlantis, you can do research in fields such as marine biology, aquatic linguistics, and Atlantean bureaucracy. Take classes in political history to learn the importance of the Geneva Convention and why violations of it should be met with unimaginable force. Help save lives through our School of Hostage Negotiation. Get your compulsory gold medallion certificate in surf lifesaving. Uncover your potential to perform dramatic overfishing and mass coral bleaching as part of a 60-year plan of non-interventional retaliation. Enroll today in the only university that can fast-track your career into the upper echelons of the Australian political scene. Harold Holt University, caught in the riptide of knowledge. Oh, jeez. You're a bloody Sheila. And the match has commenced and it's off. Matilda getting the first couple hits in. Shane takes a swing, but Matilda dodges. She gets a few more hits in. Don't you run away. What are you pissing off for? She was superb. Her speed, her strikes, all of it. Shane couldn't even land a single punch. How about I give you a smack in the face? Matilda dodging again. This is incredible, folks. Shane hasn't laid a hand on her yet. Matilda coming back in for more. Oh, fucking alpha cut. It was amazing! Before she got into the ring, she told me that Shane wouldn't get a single hit in. And it looked like she managed it. One shot. Matilda just absolutely walloping Shane now. Shane manages to throw her off him and finally land a blow! You're dead. The crowd was shocked. It was clear. The animals were victorious. I don't understand why everyone was so shocked. Matilda was clearly the stronger fighter. She always had been. She was faster, she had stronger strikes, and and I can't stress this enough, she was a kangaroo. Well, we thought there'd be a lot of backlash, but the biggest surprise was when the offers started coming through. Apparently, a government-run boxing match between a man and a kangaroo was somehow interesting enough to catch the attention of the entire world. 
After the first fight ended, I was getting calls from promoters across the globe trying to organise matches. International tournaments and championship bouts were suddenly in the realm of possibility. Slowly, Matilda's path to sporting stardom was being carved out. Only one question remained. Who would Matilda represent on the global stage? It took some convincing, but in the end, Matilda seemed happy representing Australia. She was pretty hell-bent on realising her full potential and becoming the best boxer she could. She'd proven herself to us, so the logical next step was to take on the world. And take on the world, she did. After the first fight, Matilda quickly rose through the ranks in the Australian Boxing League. And from there, she began competing in international tournaments, easily defeating every boxer that stepped in the ring with her. She never lost. Never. Not a single match. Nobody had ever seen anything like it. She was an internationally renowned featherweight champion. But most surprising of all was her growing popularity back home. Oh, I don't know how she did it, but by representing Australia on the global stage, she had the backing of the whole country. I guess the super secure, unfragile self-image we have meant the Aussies could look past the fact that they'd been defeated by the Animal Kingdom for a third time, only if Matilda went on to dominate in other more globally influential countries. With all this growing popularity, both in Australia and across the world, Matilda's financial potential couldn't be denied. We started getting sponsorship deals, like actual sponsorship deals, and not for like the local chicken shop. These were actual big corporations. But as the sponsorship deals started coming in, so too did the problems. Well, I'd never dealt with corporate sponsors for any of my boxes before. Uh, If we're being completely honest, before Matilda, I was in a lot of debt. Um, I... I'd gotten really involved with this group called One With The World. They were some sort of peace-loving charity thing that wanted to pay my best fighter, Mickey Reg, to adopt their peace jitsu style in the ring. Yep, turned out it was a massive cult. I lost all my earthly belongings along with three years of my life and once I got out, I had nothing. Not even a boxer since Mickey stayed. He's a peace lord now. Jennifer wasn't good with money. She wasn't good at business. So when we got approached to be the face of a limited run of yellowtail wine, rather than asking for, like, sponsorship or something, she accepted 50 cases of the stuff. I told Bob, I said, look... After this campaign is done, these bottles of wine are going to be worth a lot more than they are now. If we can get a couple of cases and wait till the run ends, these bottles will appreciate in value. Then all we got to do is sell them at a markup price and make way more bank than if we'd just taken a check. It was foolproof. It was foolish. This is a kangaroo. If you see a roo at a party, you know it's going to be a good party. Because here at Yellowtail, we believe in fun. The ad aired to moderate success, and Matilda's image helped garner interest. But behind the scenes, Matilda's performance was not exemplary. To understand why, we spoke to Cornelia Appleby, the director of the ad, 
as well as some of the actors and crew who worked alongside her. Matilda was difficult to work with, to say the least. She was often quite late to the shoot, and when she was there, she was quite drunk. Ah, rack off, no way. Matilda wasn't a drinker. She hated the stuff. But apparently, the reason yellowtail wine is branded as such is because it's actually super appealing to kangaroos. It's actually where most of the company's revenue comes from. And we had 50 cases of it, so of course, Matilda got hooked on the stuff. I can do this all day. She never learned any of her lines, but would always get super aggressive when we brought it up with her. And none of us wanted to get into a fight with her because she was a champion boxer. One punch. She actually had a pretty large talking part in the original ad, but because of her drunken antics, we had to cut most of it. It's lucky we got as many shots of her standing silent as we did because she spent most of the filming process passed out. And to make matters worse, her drinking habit began to affect her career as a fighter. Once she started drinking, everything went to hell. No one wanted to fight her when she was drunk. See, we knew that she could beat anyone that stepped into the ring easily. All her training was to purely make sure that she wouldn't beat them too quickly. We needed her to put on a bit of a show to keep the fans engaged. When she was drunk, she'd just get in the ring, get a round one knockout and leave. And the bell is rung and Matilda is approaching Mitchell. She goes in for some early swings and oof, she has him down. That's the fourth first punch knockout this month, folks. I guess that's it. My work here is done. Matilda winning each match in the first 20 seconds became harder to find people who would step in the ring against her. Who would want to risk the shame and, and brain damage? As appearances in the ring became less frequent, Matilda's relevance in the sporting world began to diminish. It wasn't long before people had moved on. Being the first animal in a competitive human sport was unique when she began, but times change, and other animals had started playing in other sports across the globe. Matilda just wasn't that special anymore. Uh, I think it all got to her a little bit. All she knew was boxing, and if she couldn't do that, then... I, I guess that's why it was no surprise she disappeared. We were meant to train, but Matilda had asked for a sleep-in. Said she wasn't feeling well. When I went to see her the next morning, she was gone. We found a note from her saying she was heading back to the outback. We never heard from her again. Every now and again, there's a spotting on the news. But that's about it. Do you miss her at all? I do. Yeah, I really do. Matilda hasn't been heard from again but her legacy cannot be denied. If it weren't for her, 
then the world of animal sporting would not exist. Despite her short-lived career, her effect on sport history will not be forgotten. But our story doesn't end there. Matilda paved the way for animal athletes worldwide, and in our episode next week, we'll be looking at Matilda's sporting successor and the philosophical outrage that followed. This was a must production, a department of the MSA.